Hi, Megan. Hi. Thanks for inviting me over to your home. Of course. We, we are here in Des Moines. Mm -hmm. um, well, just outside of Des Moines. Pleasant Hill, technically. Pleasant yeah. Hill, technically. When I was little, I actually... So my earliest memory of Pleasant Hill was I was in second grade, and we would do those speech meets where you'd... I don't know if you did this when you were little. I don't think so. <laughs> but we would... Uh, have to memorize some sort of, I don't know, like some sort of speech or some poem, and then you would have a speech meet, and you would recite it, and then you could win awards. And, oh, I never and heard I of that. Yeah, and so I remember in second grade, I did so well at our school one that I got to go to like, I don't know if it was like a state one, or if it was just, I don't know, but yeah. it was in Pleasant Hill, so oh, I just remember that. Yeah. <laughs> So that's, that's my earliest memory of it, but so here we are in your home and I'm so excited to be here and yeah. to just catch up with you yes. and share stories and yeah. have some wine and cheese. Yeah. Today our wine is a red blend. I wondered if it would be red or white because like red reminds me of communion. So oh I no! Don't like <laughs> well, we'll see but if you like it. I might like it. I might be pleasantly surprised. You'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I actually, when I opened it, so I I opened it and just brought the bottle with yeah. me today, but when I opened it, I was like, man, I can't remember if she likes red wine <laughs> or if she even likes wine, so we'll see. I usually but, am more like rose and like, I like the fruity stuff. I'm like, people are always like, they'll say, oh, you have to acquire the taste for alcohol, and I'm like, please, I want the alcohol to taste good right when I put it in my mouth. Yeah, like, I'm more true. like that. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> And then today we have to pair with that a white cheddar, but Megan is actually lactose intolerant, so I'm going to enjoy the white cheddar all by myself. It actually looks a like a block of like almond bark. <laughs> it does, yeah. It's it's like it's pretty small, yeah. And it, yeah. it's cute. <laughs> it's very light colored. What do you think of the wine? Don't hate it. <laughs> well, if you don't love it, I can drink as much of it as you need. <laughs> We're going to go sit in the hot tub after this. Yes. So I'm excited. What a great night. Yes. Um, so I have a story and you have a story. Yes. Would you rather go first or would you rather me go first? I don't know. Is yours a murder? Or Mine's not a murder, actually. Oh. I can go first. But it has a happy ending. So Okay, mine doesn't. Okay, <laughs> so great. Maybe I should go Yeah, first. maybe you should go first so it's you can not, end on a good note. It depends what you think about a happy ending. And actually, before I start, what's your favorite Christmas song? Hmm. So, when I was a kid, my mom used to listen to, like, Amy Grant's Christmas of albums. Of course, yeah. And so, like, I feel like I have a lot of those, like, ingrained in my brain. And, oh, like, yeah. I have, like, a lot of happy memories around it. So, mm -hmm. probably, it's the most wonderful time of the year yeah. by Amy Grant. Yeah. She had, like, it was, like, such, like, a peppy, happy song and stuff. And I can totally picture the, her Christmas album's cover right now. Um, because it's it's one of Colin's favorite Christmas really? albums. Really, like he <laughs> she has two. So one's like called like Home for Christmas. That's the one I'm thinking I think, of. I think yep. that's like her newer one, but that's oh. the one that the newer by meaning like in the seven eighties. Oh. <laughs> like her first one was like newer. I was like, no. Amy Grant has a new Christmas no. album out. This is I mean, amazing. <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, I love that song. Nice. Well, I'm excited to to hear your story. Yes. Okay. Megan is so prepared. She printed <laughs> off 
notes for this, and she talked to her coworkers about it and bonded <laughs> over over like murder podcasts, yes. which is awesome. Got some good recommendations. Yes, I love it. So Miranda and I actually met in Cedar Falls, um, and so where did we meet, Megan? Specifically at college, but you weren't in college. No, <laughs> it was at a Navigators event, which is like a campus ministry Mm -hmm. event and we got introduced by a mutual friend and then I don't think I saw you again for a while yeah and then we had another mutual friend who ended up being good friends with you and I was Mm -hmm. good friends with him and Mm -hmm. then we kind of like bonded after Jared Lister yeah that's shout out to you but um and then like the first time we really hung out was at the like the thrift store prom. Yes. (laughs) So we have a picture from that night where I'm wearing this this crazy yellow horrible 80s bridesmaid dress to this prom and you were wearing something with shoulder pads I remember that and you had like a oh it was I think it had like floral pattern on it and I had like a it was like Deb from Napoleon Dynamite yeah I had like a side pony pony. it was perfect yeah oh yeah I love that was super fun (laughs) that was really fun that's so yeah so the story is in Cedar Falls and it's a murder like I said it happened in 1975, and this is actually, which I had never heard of this, but it's one of the most well-known murders, like, in all of Iowa. Like, it's, like, they call it, like, the most horrific, and it's actually called, um, or referenced to as the Cain and Abel murder. I do not know this story. Yeah. Because you, so, previous to my coming here, prior to my coming here, (laughs) I was talking to her, and she was like, yeah, I have a... I have a local Waterloo Cedar Falls yeah. murder, so just make sure that you're not doing one. And I was like, okay, fine. But then I realized, like, I don't think I know of no. any. No, well, in Iowa, like, nothing ever happens in Iowa. No. Like, and when it does, it's not, like, murders, Mm-mm. I feel like. So it's, like, quite shocking. And it's a little bit older. But anyway, so it was such a big deal that this year, um, A Crime to Remember, which is, like, a popular crime television show on Investigation Discovery, they had an episode dedicated to it. Oh, my this gosh. March, and then a book came out this year, too, about it. Wow. And so it's, like, this huge story, which is just crazy because, I mean, it's Iowa. Yeah. But, yeah, so basically started in 1975. Um, Leslie and Jordine Mark and their two young children were in the farmhouse on Halloween night. Oh, my gosh. And they were murdered. And it wasn't like they just got killed. It was like the husband got shot five times, the Mm. woman four times, and the kids were five and one. And they got shot multiple times. And it was, like, super graphic. And the mom actually found, like, the mom of the dad found them the next day yeah and so yeah and it was like super shocking because it was like this nice farm family they don't like small town and stuff and and also like to be shot so many times yeah so it was like out of and the house was broken into and there wasn't like they couldn't find the weapon or anything and for like almost two weeks there was like no suspects like they had no idea Mm -hmm. and then suddenly they like connected that the older brother was, so the older brother at the time was living in California. The dad's older brother? Or the yeah, mom's? the okay. dad's older brother was living in California, and he had bought specifically 38-millimeter bullets, and then okay. he went on a road trip on his, like, Honda um, motorcycle to Iowa. And what? because he bought those bullets, which 
were the same bullets that the family got shot with, but they weren't the exact same, just the same type. So they could connect it? So they connected it through that. And then also when he was, so he was like in the area because he was planning on coming and visiting. They questioned him and he lied about his route, like his motorcycle route. Mm -hmm. And so that, it was basically circumstantial evidence because back then like they had DNA, but they weren't able to test like the DNA specific like match it to people so it's basically just the type so Mm -hmm. it was type o and so he happened to have type o too so because of that and then there is cigarette also type o Mm, Mm. i don't know what type i am (laughs) well i know i'm not type o because that's rare i can't i don't weigh enough (laughs) wow what a problem to have megan But so anyway, they like found cigarette butts on the ground too. Um, but like it's the seventies, so they didn't have like the te- technology they mm-hmm. do now for like all that stuff. And then there also were foot muddy footprints like in the entire Weird. like farm. Yeah. And they like went into the house, so they mm-hmm. assumed that was the person that did it. And so he basically got convicted on those like because of those three things. Wow. After like nine days, he was put in jail, and he like always said he was innocent. And the only thing that like really tipped the police off was that he lied about the route but when they questioned him about that he said it was because he didn't want his girlfriend to know he like picked up a hitchhiker <gasps> I assumed that he like it has, was like a sex yeah, worker or something yeah, yeah. and okay. so it, because of that but I'm like wouldn't you rather like break up with your girlfriend than go to prison for the rest of your life but I mean to each maybe his own. he thought that he wouldn't get yeah maybe lying about it and so the weird thing was he's appealed his case like mm-hmm. four times mm-hmm. and since it happened and the mom also is, like, he definitely didn't do it. He's yeah. innocent. And so, but there's, like, no other suspects. And so Weird. back in 2006, he actually appealed, and the technology existed that they could test, start testing the DNA yeah, and stuff. Yeah, So they tested the blood, and it wasn't his. And so that, like, oh cleared him of that. Oh, my gosh. And then they tested the cigarettes, and it wasn't him either. Like, yeah. it didn't match with anyone. Yeah. And they said since it was a farm, they had, like, a lot of workers coming in and out. So it could have been anyone. Yeah. Like, it, like, what were the odds that he would smoke and then kill people and then smoke again? Like, yeah. it's not very right. realistic. But at the time, that was, like, all they had. And then it came out, too, that, like, he wasn't really prosecuted fairly. Like, they kind of, like... They made things, like, sound worse than they were and didn't, like, quite mm. tell the truth to, like, try to make it seem worse than it was. And then it came out in 2009 when he appealed again that there was a condom found in the bedroom. Okay. And so he appealed to get that tested for DNA because yeah. if it didn't match with him, then it could potentially be, like, maybe it was, like, another man and yeah. the wife didn't want to leave yeah. for the husband. Yeah. And then it was, like, a out of, like, love. What do you call that? Like, love. Like, it's, like, a passion. Yeah, killing. passion. Yeah. yeah, passion of crime. And for crime of passion. Crime of there passion. we go. That's what it is. <laughs> and that appeal took four years. Oh like they didn't my gosh. like I don't know. Like I tried to find like more information and it just said in two thousand nine it was denied. Like mm-hmm. which why would you deny that? The appeals like, process is so confusing to me because yeah. there are some like there are some ways where okay, you are appealing to the next highest court. Yeah. You know, it's like it just goes up to these different court of appeals. But yeah. And so you'll often hear of people being like, yep, he's out of appeals, but I don't know. I just, I guess I don't yeah. know crime jargon enough to so know. So for some reason it got denied, and so, like, there's... So they didn't test it. No, they've, like, never tested that, and they must have, I assume, like, the condom in, like, yeah. like some little area that they keep, like, all the mm-hmm. evidence and yeah. stuff, but I'm like, why wouldn't you want to test that? Like, right. And so... Well, I, it's so expensive to test DNA. Maybe that's to, true. Yeah, yeah, I mean... 
there was a, so the story that I, I haven't put this podcast up yet, but I did a story with a friend last night and I was talking about how this woman was trying to get her husband freed from a crime he didn't commit. And so Mm -hmm. she was, she fundraised to pay for the DNA testing and she had to fundraise like $40,000. Wow. But just to test two things. That's crazy. Yeah. And and that was even like the Ohio Innocence Project had give like cut her deal even. Like it's oh, just wow. it's bananas. Yeah. But. And so his family was like really wealthy, so that's why he was able to repeal so many times cuz like a normal person would not ever be no, able to afford no. to cuz he appealed in like 2000 and like 5, 2006, 2009 and 2013. And this happened when? 1975. Okay. Halloween so he's the 31st. In jail for like 40 years yeah and he like has never admitted that he like he's never admitted he did it he was like every time he has denied it and the mom thinks that he's innocent and so Mm. after 2013 it got past like the first round of judges because they wanted to appeal that like he wasn't fairly tried because like it was like circum all circumstantial evidence like no hard like Mm -hmm. they literally can't place him at the crime scene because of just like the, it wasn't available yeah, at the time, yeah. like, that kind of technology and stuff. And But he's run out of money, so now he's probably just going to be in jail for the rest of his life. And he has... So his sentence is four life terms. What's his name? Okay, so his name is Jerry Mark. He's 69, I think, right now. Wow. Yeah. So he was, I mean, fairly young, too, when this all happened. Yeah, and the weirdest thing was that they found a note in the house that... It can be played both ways. The note said that it was like, there's no hard feelings between the farm. Because, like, that was basically what they c- continued the story on, was that it was like a, he was so mad he didn't get the farm, he killed his younger brother. Oh. That's the whole Cain and Abel aspect thing. of yeah. it. Yeah. And which, it was a really brutal murder, so it makes sense that anger would be the motive. But that letter, like, says that, like, he had no hard feelings, but the prosecutors played it that that was planted by him, trying to play off that it wasn't, which I can see it both Mm -hmm. ways, but, like, Mm -hmm. I, I, like, finished the story, and I'm, like, did he do it? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, it's, like, crazy. What do you think? I don't know. Like, it, I don't know. I think they need to test that condom. Apparently. Because I feel like, it could be, if they tested it and it, like, was the husband's, then they'd be like, okay, like, yeah. you can't do anything. Because there was, like, no other leads. They had, mm-hmm. like, no idea. But, like, a lot of the, like, the judge that, like, first did it and the mom and, like, just other people in the town, like, they were, like, he was the nicest guy. Like, yeah. he was smart. He was, so he was working with, like, the, um, what is it called, Peace Corps. And okay. he was, like, a lawyer. And so he was oh. really smart and he was rich. So he, like, had no reason really to, like, commit the crime yeah yeah and and he was living in california happy with his girlfriend so it just seems kind of like odd but at the same time there was like literally no other suspects so it's like someone had to be punished for it so he basically just got if he wouldn't have lied about where he was Mm -hmm. i think that he might have like been able to like yeah plead not guilty and like and walk away but it's like well, he's either a free man in prison for, or he's in prison and he's innocent, mm-hmm. or he's guilty and he's, but I don't, I feel like I would give up if I was guilty. Like, he's just been pushing so hard to, like, prove that he's not yeah. guilty. And, like, I feel like a guilty man would just, like, be like, uh, one, well, I have to pay for what it's I done. did. Yeah. yeah. Unless he's, like, a total psychopath. <laughs> 
I mean, that, which is plausible, yeah, too. Yeah, but, like, I looked up pictures on him online. He's, like, normal-looking. But, I yeah. mean, there's a lot of murderers that yeah, are normal-looking. That, normal <laughs> that you totally would trust. But, yeah. I, wow. So, it's just, like, crazy. And yeah. I'd, like, never heard of it. But, like, never Google heard it. There's, like, literally pages of articles on it. Wow. And it, like... It's I like, want to see that TV episode Yeah, now. they call it, like, the case that won't die because, mm-hmm. like, it just keeps, like, things just keep, like, getting brought up and they're yeah. like, well, now this DNA evidence, but then every time something points that it's not him, he still can't get his case, like, turned back up right. to, like, get retrialed. Well, and you know why they say that is because, so judges will say in, like, in cases like this, um, they'll say, well, the jury didn't convict based on... DNA they they convicted based on this other evidence and that evidence has not been disproven yet yeah. and so we can't now add evidence. I think probably the biggest thing is that they never found the murder weapon or his mm. bullets and so because if he wasn't using the bullets to kill them then yeah. technically they should have been somewhere so right. it's like where was that like box of bullets that he bought that's so weird but yeah that's that's sad. I mean, yeah. just, I mean, I'm like, look at this. It's just like a normal. I have like this article from the Waterloo Courier, and it's like the it's just the newspaper, oh and it looks like it's a farm. It's like a cute farmhouse, like, and it's just but they're like carrying out body bags. I can't believe that. They're, so in this in this, it's the front page of the Waterloo Courier, and it is a picture of just a cute little farmhouse and a bunch of people carrying bodies out. Yeah, I mean, draped with. Um, yeah. Like sheets, but oh man, Leslie, Julie, Jeff. Yeah. That's so sad. So I'll never know. Was it a crime of anger or a crime of passion? Yeah. Maybe it was, maybe the younger brother was the lover. It's, oh boy. <laughs> that would be intense. Plot twist. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I love to. So before we started recording, Megan had shown me this, and one of the articles that's also on the Waterloo Courier front page at this time was the dome is up and it talks (laughs) about how the Unidome in Cedar Falls was pumped up Friday (laughs) afternoon that's amazing it says huge fans provided air pressure to inflate the roof to a height of 115 feet I grew up driving by this I mean every day and so the dome is still there I had no idea that it was like 40 years old though that's really interesting I think that the dome existed before then. It was just that it didn't have the seal. Like, it was an open stadium probably before. Oh, interesting. Before. I'd assume, but I don't huh. know. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> this is really cool to just see, like, yeah, an old Yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah, and to see what other things were on a front page. Yeah. Oh and it was, like, Halloween. So one of the articles talks about how, like, hooligans put knives and, like, candy or something and ruined the fun or, like, Nuh-uh. razor blades. Yeah. What? Yeah. Razor yeah. blades, pins, Real and needles. Real monsters spoil Halloween fun. <laughs> it says, ra- razor blades, pins, and needles hidden in apples, candy bars, and cupcakes spoil Halloween for some trick-or-treaters in communities across the country. I, this is, that's so weird. It says, Jeff Brizzle, 12, of Little Rock, Arkansas, bit into a candy bar after making his trick-or-treat rounds, and his teeth hit a razor blade. <laughs> His mother made him throw away all of his unwrapped candy, but the razor blade was stuck into the bottom of a wrapped candy bar. He was not injured. Oh, my goodness. That would be terrifying. Oh, my goodness. I can't, like, eat half of the candy anymore since I can't have dairy. Oh, yeah. 
I was a part of Megan's life when she found out that she was lactose intolerant because I was working in a coffee shop forcing her to drink lattes <laughs> because I was I was practicing my latte art and I would make her I think I could still them. have it then because it oh, wasn't really? until my junior year. Well, that was when we met. Yeah, so yeah. maybe it was. Yeah. yeah. And Megan also met my husband before I met my husband. It's true. Just a month I sat before. At, I sat at the bottom of a snow hill with him like he was sitting by himself and Aww. I was like, you mind if I come sit for you? And he was like, Sure. And he was just like sitting and then I was like, what's your name? He's like, Colin. He's like, like, what's your name? I was like, I'm Megan. And then we just started talking. And then did you say, you know what? I think that you might be a really good fit for this girl that I'm about to meet. (laughs) That I haven't met yet. I'm just kidding. No, but then when. No, I thought like, wow, this guy is so nice. Like, (laughs) it's so nice. Yeah, Yeah, he's really nice. So yeah, it worked out. Oh my gosh, that's funny. (laughs) And then later once. When Colin and I started dating, Megan and I were, were like, just starting to be really good friends then, and then Megan was like, hey, I know Colin yeah. Becker. What? <laughs> and you, like, introduced me to him. I was yeah. like, what the heck? I know you. <laughs> or listen to this. It says, last year in Pasadena, Texas, a suburb of Houston, Timothy O'Brien, eight years old, died of poisoned Halloween candy. His father, convicted of killing his son to get $30,000 in insurance money, spent this Halloween on Texas's death row. Dang. Oh, my goodness. I've heard that story before. That's crazy. That is... That's crazy. But I've actually heard that story because what had happened was that kid took home a bunch of those really big pixie sticks, uh, you know? yeah. And he, he had, like, five of them, and his dad had poisoned all of them. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then he had handed it out to like other friends of his. <gasps> no. Yeah, because and and his dad had also and it had kind of happened to make it look like it was just oh accidental. Yeah, yeah like that it oh was... no, there's an outbreak. A lot of yeah, these are getting poisoned. Like, yeah, like that. And so then when he and then he died, and then a couple of and then I think I don't think any other kids died, but at least a couple other kids were Got getting sick. sick or or realized that like. Oh no, Timothy died. We need to throw these ca- this candy out, and so mm. then it just seemed like it was like an epidemic until yeah. they figured out that his dad had killed him for the insurance money. That's crazy. Yeah, you never. I mean, I just you never hear of parents killing their own children for things like that. No. But can you unlock your phone? Yeah. Yeah, so, so that's my story. That's great. <laughs> I can't believe I've never heard of that. I know. When I typed it in too, I was like, because I just typed in, I was like, Cedar Falls. I can't, I think I just typed in murders, and yeah. it was, like, the first, it was, like, I was most tragic murder story, Cain and Abel, like, all this That's amazing. Stuff. Like, it was, like, every single headline was the same. That's and, crazy. Yeah. Um, so you're probably familiar with this one, but I was thinking about what sort of stories got me interested in cr- true crime at the beginning, mm-hmm. and I remember, I remember when I was little, I would babysit, and... Um, and like while the kids were sleeping, the parents would always be like, yeah, you can just watch TV, whatever. And so I would always watch investigation discovery or like different things, different TV shows like that. And so I, like, I remember so clearly one time watching a TV show about the, um, like the Velisca axe murders, which is a different Iowa story. Mm, I've not is, heard of that. Which I believe that one is still unsolved. And so maybe I'll, maybe I'll do that one tomorrow oh, night or something, but that's yeah, crazy. so I remember that would always made me interested in true crime. But then one summer, I think it was probably when I was like sixteen or seventeen years old, I was nannying some kids, and that was actually the same summer that those Evansdale Evansdale girls 
went missing. Oh, yes. Yeah, which I feel like that's too recent and, like, too close to the community yeah. for me to cover. But yeah. if you're interested in a, in just, like, a just a horrifying cold case that happened and um, so sad. Out just outside yeah. of Waterloo, Iowa, that happened um, in, what would have that be, like, 2011? It was... I Lyric. was in college when it happened, Yeah, so, so yeah. like, Lyric and Elizabeth that went missing. But anyway, so that summer... I would take the girls that I was nannying to the library all the time for different events, and I would meet up with other friends that were also nannying. And there was this one mom who was reading a book, and she was like, hey, you might be interested in this. This is really, it's this crazy book. It's about J.C. Lee Dugard. Do you know that name? It sounds really familiar, okay. but I don't know it. It's a super famous case, but I, I'm just going to kind of recall it okay. and I'll I have Wikipedia up so I'll try to remember okay. some of the, or look up some of the dates as I'm going along too but so JC Lee Dugard later wrote a memoir or like an autobiography of what had happened to her Interesting. and so that was the book that my friend had oh. had mentioned to me and it was called a stolen life Oh. Actually, and so, yeah. It, I think I have heard of that book. It would have been 2011 because that book came out in 2011. So I remember yeah. it was, like, really newly. Yeah. It had just been released. I read it super fast. And it, part of me wants to reread it because that was now, like, almost eight years ago. Yeah. But it was just a fascinating book. But so J.C. Lee Dugard grew up in California. And in 1991, when she was 11 years old... Um, oh, actually in 1990, when she was 10, her parents moved to a different part of California because they were living in LA, but they wanted to live in a safer area. Mm. So they moved to, um, the city of, let's see, Mayers, which I believe this is just another side note. I believe that's in Contra Costa County, which is also where the Golden State Killer had all been oh, happening. Oh, crazy. Yeah. and So, so much for safer. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, honestly. <laughs> like, I mean, to be are. fair, the Golden State Killer had stopped doing everything in, um, I mean, what year? Like, the 80s or something. But, gotcha. Still. Yeah. Anyways, mm. so, but still, exactly. I mean, so they, in 1991... Let me find the exact date. So 11-year-old JC um, was wearing her favorite all-pink outfit, and she walked up the hill from her house against traffic to catch the school bus. When she was halfway up the hill, a car approached her, and she just thought somebody was going to ask for directions or something. Mm -hmm. And so she stopped and, like, came over to the window, and the window went down, and they shot a stun gun at her, and so she was immediately stunned, and they grabbed her and brought her into the oh, van. wow. And yeah. she was 11? 11. And this was 1991, like, beginning, like, the end of the school year. Yeah. And so they, uh, it was a couple, and they abducted her, and they took her back to uh, their house, and so the man's name was Philip Greg Garrido, and his wife's name was Nancy. And so they abducted her, and um, there were witnesses that saw it happen, but, um... And actually, like, somebody had even tried to tried to chase down the van. I think maybe, like, someone who knew JC did. It was just, it, it all That's happened crazy. so fast. Yeah. Well, and if you're not expecting it, you're not no. going to, like, you're driving by, you're like, oh, there's JC. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, what right, is happening? Right, like, even right, Even if you, like, reacted fast enough, yeah. you would still be so behind. Yeah. yeah. And, like, it's not like they had, 
the Amber Alert si- yeah. system didn't happen. Well, and cell phones were so new. Like mm-hmm. my cell phones my were not was, a thing. Then. My brother was born in 1996, and my dad still didn't have a cell phone. Oh so yeah, in yeah. 91, cell no, phones no. would have been like in your. It was like those big farm or purse ones, <laughs> and like maybe like one person if in even, Iowa had right, them. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you wouldn't be able to. No. Call. And so. Um, they saw, they saw like the, a lot of people saw the car and they could describe it. Um, and they could describe, they said that a woman forced JC into the car. Um, somebody even tried to chase down the van on, on a bicycle, but, oh, wow. and some of her classmates also witnessed it all. Like, can oh, you imagine that'd be that? so scary. Oh, yeah. It's awful. Oh my gosh. So then they actually, so the couple, um, like, tied her up and then drove her, I think it was, like, three hours away almost, to their home. And, yeah, they so they lived in Contra Costa County. Sorry, gotcha. not Other way around. Yeah, other way around. So the Garritos lived in Contra Costa County. But um, they removed her clothing and um, and just kind of, like, it just sounds like they were the most manipulative couple. Like... Um, he, he kind of played bad cop. She kind of played good cop towards Mm -hmm. JC. So like she would try to almost be like a mother to JC and try to, and then JC was like trying to kind of win her affection in some ways. And he just, I mean, he like sexually assaulted her. I mean, it was just like, it was awful. And, and JC, long story short, I mean, she was, so they, the way that their backyard worked was they had like. I mean, a normal back end of your backyard with bushes and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then they actually had property that went beyond that. And oh, there were so like, they were, like, pretend, like, it was, like, so she didn't actually know yeah. where it ended. Well, yeah. So it was, like, anybody who came to the house didn't know that their backyard extended past the, like, bushes and fence area. Yeah. And it did, and that's where they kept her in, like, in, like, a like a shanty it was like oh wow so they couldn't even find her if they like searched Mm -mm. because they wouldn't know where to look exactly no and so they yeah and so they and there were people I mean so the couple especially the husband Philip he had like previously um he had sexual charges already against a child and he had been in jail and so he had like parole officers and like their the officers would be at his house but they didn't know the backyard extended mm. past these bushes and like these trees and so they never went beyond that yeah and so they never thought that there would be like a shed back there and sure um it's fascinating because so JC lived in their I don't know if it, care would be the right word like she they had they abducted her and held her hostage or like kept her for 18 years 18 18 so she was like 30 mhm holy cow and she had two children during that time oh my god yeah i mean it's it's just this that's whole awful. story is that's like my worst nightmare oh like, my gosh like yeah and it's sad because um i mean it's sad on so many different levels yeah. but like her parents were just so sad. And at first, her parents were suspects in the disappearance. And Mm. then, um, but that kind of, that definitely faded. And this this kidnapping case attracted nationwide attention. It was featured on um, America's Most Wanted. I mean, it just was, it was awful. They had so many different, like, fundraising events, child safety awareness events. Um, They worked with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, a reward was offered. I mean, it just, 
they they did everything that they could. Yeah. And the mom, like, the parents never, they always believed that she was still alive. Like, there was yeah. never any proof that she had been murdered. Yeah. And so, and it's just awful. But for the long, for a long time, JC's only human contact was the husband. Um, like, he would come into the, the like, um, shed and mm-hmm. bring her food. But, I mean, he gave her, like, a bucket where she could go to the bathroom in. But, like, it was just very... Um, it was it was like just really limited. Like she was yeah. pretty much only in this one place. Sometimes so, and he was actually put in jail at one point because so he would he was using all sorts of drugs during that time too. And so like he would use he would use these drugs and then um, and just go on kind of binges. I think it, like meth was his drug of of choice. And so then he would just kind of go crazy mm-hmm. with her and just be all over the place. And he would tell her that that demon angels let him take her because she would help him with his sexual problems because society had ignored him. Um, He would dress JC up and spend time with her while cutting pictures out from, like, porn magazines. I mean, he just, he was so sick in the head. Like, there were so many things. Like, he he would say, like, do you hear those voices? And then he would make her listen for them. And that would be terrifying. Oh my gosh. And he would often like tell her that he was a chosen servant of God. And he like even had these, um, like a website that talked about how he was a chosen like prophet or I don't know. He just had his whole, he just had a whole different, um, sounds crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean like it's pretty bad. And, and like, so Nancy, the wife, would come in and, like, be really nice to her, but at the mm-hmm. same time, like, like sometimes she would flip on a dime and she would be really, really mean to her mm-hmm. and talk about how, like, she was so jealous of JC because her husband spent all the time with her. And, I mean, it was just, it was so That's sickening. so bizarre. Yeah, yeah. It was just, it was disgusting. Garrido and his wife pleaded not guilty to charges including kidnapping, oh rape, and false imprisonment, which is just comical to me. Like, how... How can you even, like, as a judge, I'd be like, no. Like, you wouldn't even need, like, the evidences that no, they found her. No, That's exactly. Like, and yeah. that she has two kids. Right. Like, and the children are, are like, obviously his. I mean, it's just everything. It's yeah. just, it's unreal. But... Um, let's Sounds see. like they were, like, mentally not stable. Also, no, so I, I think mean. that they were, I think that... It sounds like Philip was just, like, super, super mentally ill. He, I mean, even, like, all of the voices thing, like, yeah. oh, just a lot of the paranoid stuff. It sounds like maybe he had schizophrenia. Did I he mean, claim, like, mental insanity? You know, I'm not seeing that when I'm looking through this. Um, but later on, they ended up making a full confession, and that they were hoping for, like, a plea deal. But... Um, and they were, like, talking about plea deals, but then in 2011, everything is so recent in this case. That's yeah. what's so weird. Instead of pleading guilty, they pleaded not guilty. Um, I'm trying to find it. But then finally, so they pleaded not guilty in their grand jury mm-hmm. thing, but then in the actual in the actual hearing, they pleaded guilty to kidnapping and rape by force and then, it, this is the best part. On June 2nd, Philip was sentenced to 431 years imprisonment. 
which is like that's like a thousand life sentence yeah i mean so he definitely <laughs> well, will at least a hundred yeah i mean yeah so he definitely will not be getting out he's not Good. i mean there's yeah. and with that with that life sentence too i mean like there's no way he'd get parole yeah. or anything like that well it doesn't sound like he deserves it or oh my word no i mean he was he already on parole and, and yeah oh yeah that's like all strikes against him yeah um philip let's see what happened to the wife? Did oh, she yeah. get the same sentence? She didn't. She received 36 years to life. So I think that just means that she can be in, um, she has to be in prison for at least 36 years sure, before she parole. can be yeah. paroled. But we'll see if she ever gets paroled. I mean, that's... She might die before that happens, That too. would be great. Um, they're still serving their their prison yeah. sentences in California. Well, they're only, like, a couple years in. I know, yeah. 10 years yeah. in. And then, um... JC didn't attend the sentencing, but she did send a written message with her mother to read aloud in the court, which that is, I believe that's in the book. Like, I remember reading that. She talks that. about the, mm-hmm. specifically what she says and stuff. Yeah. That and would then, be, even if you healed, yeah, that would be really difficult to, like, well, face yeah, them. Yeah. Because like, it would just bring back so much emotion yeah. and memories. And, right. I would never, no, that would be so awful. Yeah. And how, imagine even, like, being the mom, like, looking at him and her. Yeah. And, yeah, that would just be terrifying. But, um, so in, in 2010, the state of California approved a $20 million settlement with J.C. Durard um, to compensate for the various lapses that were done during mm. her, like, all of those The police, the encounters that they exactly. should have maybe caught it. Yeah. And then um, in 2011, she also filed a suit against the the district, the court, mm-hmm. for um, not monitoring his parole as yeah. closely as they should have. Because, because he was on parole yeah. during all and of this. And if he was ever with a child, they should have caught that. Yeah, right I away. mean, yeah. I, yeah, there were so many different parole violations that preceded her abduction. I mean, he tested positive for drugs and alcohol, but that's like, the. I mean, that yeah. was like the least of yeah. what he did. Um, let's see. So, I mean, there were just... So she got some settlements, which yeah. is the good, but oh my word. I mean, it's 18 years of her life. Yeah. Well, and like, she's a child, so like, what is, I wonder like, what's her education level at this point? Like, maybe she like, I have no because idea. she like, didn't even get into middle school. So Mm-mm, like, that's true. she wouldn't even like, know like, I don't know, like back no. then where they, like, she wouldn't even know like, multiplication or like, which seems so yeah. silly, but like. I have no idea. Or like. How she talked, I wonder. Like, but mm-hmm. that would be interesting. I want to. I know that, that she about. had a TV, and so like I think sure. that she watched some stuff. But I mean, obviously, it's not the same. It's not but the same. yeah, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's just it's crazy. I mean, I think that this this case is just crazy to me too because it's like there were so many close calls. Yeah. And so many times where it seemed like they were. They should have found her. Yeah. 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 But now she's, I mean, hopefully living a normal life with her girls. Yeah. I mean, her girls would be my age at this point now. Yeah. Because they were like, they were like 15 when she was rescued. 15 and 11, I think I read. And then she was like 30? Yeah. Yeah. She'd be like 29. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to read that book. It's so good. That'd be really interesting to read and to like hear her perspective and stuff. Another really, really awesome I don't know, like, what they would be called, but, um, like, Survivor. 
mm-hmm. of a similar story as Elizabeth Smart. I have heard of her. Oh my yeah. gosh, she has amazing talks. I think she did did like a TED talk. Even, yes, that was just amazing. But I think I saw like a small snippet of yeah, it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I just I can't imagine having this horrible traumatic thing happen to you and then being able to move on and figure out what you're going to do next yeah like that just it seems like your whole life is on pause for that yeah and so then just figuring out how to reintegrate into society and how to start over it just yeah that would be crazy for sure yeah so that's my story nice that was a good one ah it was yeah that was good I mean I didn't do as much research as you so that's okay you'll have to just read the book because <laughs> the book was great it was awesome but yeah Let's go get in the hot tub. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.